0: for joining me for another episode of the Let's Make Some Shit podcast. Um, This is your host, Ray, and I am doing a solo episode today with you guys. So if y'all want to take a moment of silence and, you know, say a little prayer, send some good vibes out for me that I can make it through this episode. Uh, I do the editing and I I hate it because, you know, I'll be listening and realize that I get I found out to get words mixed up. They don't even realize that I'm saying. So I want to take this moment to also apologize for any stupid shit that I have said or <laughs> get my words mixed up. I think in one of them, I think I called okra a fruit and to let it dry on the vine all in one sentence. But anyway, um, today, so we're going to start doing these um, little one-on-one kind of episodes focusing on some herbs. Um, Resonance put out a lovely episode on usnia, and I definitely know that I learned a lot about it. Um, And so today, we are going to be talking about ashwagandha. And Ashwagandha is a really important herb to me, and I know I've mentioned it in some previous episodes, but um, I'll go ahead and tell the story again, Um, and that is that before I really started going down this path to herbalism and using plant medicine to heal myself and to get off prescription drugs, um, my mom had given me a bottle of some ashwagandha capsules. And you know i'm I'm a recovering addict, so I was still very much in the mindset that, you know, n- what plant is gonna ha- produce the same kind of effects as a prescribed pharmaceutical drug, you know. And she had given it to me to help with stress and anxiety. I think I was still kind of struggling at the time, you know, and uh, she, my mom's always giving me stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that she doesn't want anymore. A lot of beauty products or something that she'll try, and this smell bothers her or something, so she'll give it to me. And um, so she'd given me this bottle of ashwagandha that I'm pretty sure she got for herself and decided for whatever reason that she wasn't going to take it. And so she gave it to me, and it sat around the house for a while, a long time. <laughs> and um, then when I kind of started getting and learning um, getting into herbalism and learning about it, I remembered that I had those capsules and had started taking them. And after a few weeks, I did notice some benefits from it. Um, and that was kind of really the first experience that I had where I've noticed beneficial, um, beneficial things from using, you know, herbal medicine. And as somebody coming from, you know, the old mindset that it's not going to work as well as pharmaceutical, it was really heartwarming for me and kind of was like, all right, you know, led me to check out other herbs. So it was definitely like a starting point and a starting herb for me. Um... So, we'll get into a lot of the nitty-gritty details later, um, but it has helped me um, reduce my stress and anxiety, and helps my body to uh, deal with stressful situations, which is the main reason why I started using it, Um, but it's good for a lot of other things also. So, the Latin name for ashwagandha is Withania somnifera, and the... Latin meaning of somnifera is sleep-inducing because ashwagandha is calming and relaxing and it brings about energy throughout the day through a good, deep, healthy sleep. Um, And ashwagandha is also called a winter cherry or Indian ginseng. And um, I'll give you a little bit of the etymology because it's interesting Um, but Ashwa means horse and Ganda means smell. Um, so it literally means smells like a horse. Um, and I guess some people say that it does. I personally don't get that smell. I kind of find the smell to be pleasant. I don't necessarily mind the taste. Um, but I don't know. If it's off-putting to you, there's you know, just eat the root. But, um, I don't know. I I I don't think it smells that bad. Um, but anyway, ashwagandha is an evergreen shrub in the nightshade family. Um, so it's in the same families as things like tomatoes, eggplants, peppers. Um, it is primarily grown in India, the Middle East, and parts of Africa. And it's most known, um, In the Indian medicine, it is a big part of their Ayurvedic, I don't know how you say it, Ayurvedic Ayurvedic, um, medicine, and it has been used for a really long time. Um, It grows in kind of like tropical climate, so in the U.S., if you live somewhere that's a little bit more tropical and you want to try growing it yourself, it does grow here in Florida really well, and it's one of the... um, herbs that I've been able to grow pretty successfully, and I just finally did my first harvest of the roots, actually. Um, Maybe, like, uh, a month ago, it was, uh, you know, starting to get colder here in Florida, and um, the plant was kind of dying back. Well, in fairness, it was kind of getting overgrown by some other plants, (laughs) Um, and I was feeling anxious. No, not anxious. I was excited to um, see the harvest or kind of how big the roots had gotten and I probably could have given the plants a little bit more care um, and they probably would have grown a little bit bigger but um, it was kind of like a first try, first attempt and I was able to make a tincture out of it. Um, so out of roots that I grew myself which always feels really good. Um, and here in Florida I have a lot of trouble growing a lot of herbs commonly used. Um, but that hasn't stopped me from trying. Um, so okay, so ashwagandha has um, dull green leaves, kind of silvery, and they look kind of soft. Um, they're oval in shape, um, I don't know, the internet says the leaves can get up to 6 inches long, but mine were at all maybe like, I don't know, an inch long, so I don't know if it um, just wasn't old enough or big enough. Um, yeah, they're ovalish, and it does say that the plants can get up to three feet tall. Um, the flowers are really tiny and they look like tiny tomatillos, which is kind of interesting um, and makes sense because it is in the same family, the nightshades family. Um, and in, so it's got like the papery, papery kind of calyx around the flower, and it gets um, a little red berry inside, um, thus, the name winter cherry. Um, so that's pretty and then so the um the seeds are in the fruit. It's not really much of a fruit. It really is kind of just like a little stack filled with seeds. So um I let those dry on the plant and then harvest the little berries and save the seeds. Um so you can propagate it through seeds and it grows pretty easily by seed. I haven't had luck um, germinating any of the seeds, um, but the internet says that you can make cuttings. I haven't tried that yet, um, but there's definitely benefit to doing that because the plant will be a little, you know, from a more established plant as opposed to growing from seed. Um, but it's a good one if you save seeds. They like to grow in dry, stony soil in full sun to partial shade. Um, I had mine growing in full sun, and I think if I did move it to an area in partial shade, I would probably have gotten um, bigger, bushier plants. The hot sun here in Florida just really stresses plants out, especially kind of more delicate ones. I'd call that kind of more delicate kind of shrub. It wasn't super woody or anything. Um, Um... so I, um, I'm not gonna be able to speak too much on this. This is more is area to shine. Um, but the, this is just totally just from Wikipedia, but the phytochemical constituents in ashwagandha. Um, and I will say that the root is the main part that is used medicinally. Um, so the phytochemical constituents are, um, Primarily made up of withanolides, um, which are triterpene lactones such as withafarin A, alkaloid steroidal lactones, tropine, and cushogreen. Um, says that withanolides are structurally similar to the ginsengicides of Panax ginseng, um, which is why I said earlier that uh, ashwagandha is sometimes called Indian ginseng. Um, And that also makes sense if you know that both ashwagandha and ginseng are what are called adaptogens. Um, And there's a whole group of herbs which are considered adaptogenic and um, what that means is, and again, this is just a definition I found on the internet, but it says they are used to help the body resist physiological and psychological stress by adapting to the needs of the body. Um, And so what this means is that, so most herbs have actions um, such as um, whether they are like anti-inflammatory or um, you know antimicrobial or certain things that it does, but adaptogens don't necessarily have a specific action, um, but they just uh, help your body balance whichever way that it is out of whack. Uh, out of whack. Um, It just reacts to the stressors in whichever way needs to be rebalanced or normalized to return the body to homeostasis. Um, So they're used to tone, support, and strengthen and revitalize bodily functions, including the immune system. Um, They can energize and calm at the same time. So like I said, what that's saying is that If your body needs more energy, it provides that energy in different ways. And if you need to calm, um, like your adrenals are wore out and you're just stressed all the time, then it uh, relaxes. So it just kind of helps your body, like I said, just balance and normalize um, to be be your best body that it can be. Um, soothes the nervous system when fatigued by stress. Um, So, not sure if it's the same way with all adaptogens, but I do know that with ashwagandha, for me, um, the effects aren't uh, necessarily instantaneous when you take it. Um, Unlike some other herbs that do kind of provide symptom relief or you kind of notice things right away. Um, it takes an accumulation of the herb to build up in your body um, and it takes a few weeks to start noticing some effect. So like in the story that I told you guys at the beginning, um, it was about a few weeks before I kind of noticed that maybe I was in a stressful situation and I my body didn't react with like that fight or flight um, kind of reaction immediately, like it usually does. It was able to kind of just, I don't know, I was able to kind of think more clearly and, um, you know, kind of like analyze the situation from a much calmer perspective, And which allowed me, you know, to deal with whatever situation it was that I was in. Whereas before, and I still struggle with anxiety. It's definitely gotten better, you know, but certain situations, it doesn't happen as much and it's not as intense, you know, to where I feel like it's going to lead to a panic attack or to where I can't go do something because my anxiety is keeping me from, you know, doing whatever it is. And these were all situations that, you know, I would find myself in. I would avoid, you know, when it got really bad, I wouldn't even want to go to the grocery store. Like, decisions to make on which kind of coffee to buy would take, like, 10 minutes of standing in the aisle, and it would just be so stressed and anxiety-promoting. Like, I would try doing these, like, normal things that, like, normal people can do without even, you know, thinking about it. So it was definitely an area that I struggled with, and it was really important to me to be able to get under control in order to kind of just move on with my life. Um, Because when your mind and body are preoccupied with your stresses of the day, what you went through at work, and you're constantly you know, under that anxiety and you're constantly in that fight-or-flight kind of motality or mo- modality or, you know, mental space, that does a real uh, number on your body and your mind and your mental health. And um, I will say that I write a book by Bruce Lipton called The Biology of Belief, which was, uh, I don't know, like, I don't know if I want to use the word life-changing, but it definitely made me look at things a lot differently. And it's really just about the importance of our cells and how he makes an argument that the cell membrane is actually more of our body's quote-unquote brain than our brain is, Uh, um, and that we are more of a product of our environment and things that we are around, near, and put in our body plays a bigger role in our health than things like our genetic makeup. Um, so, like, he kind of goes on to talk about how we're not victims of our genetics, you know, people like, oh, we got bad genes or good genes, but it's more that we can take control and change these things, um, by using, you know, diet and exercise and healthy life choices and plant medicine to heal ourselves. Um, so, yeah, so that, like I said, it was just kind of it was such a relief that I could find, um, you know, relief and support through a natural plant and one that grows here in Florida because, like I said, we don't get a lot of those really good you know, quote-unquote weeds that a lot of people have up north. People say that dandelions grow here, but I don't believe them. I've never seen them. I've tried unsuccessfully to grow them. I haven't put as much time or effort into it as I could, and I will probably keep trying, but, um, you know, at that point it becomes an issue of time. You know, do I have time to devote to growing these plants? But luckily I got homies like Resonance and, um, and our friend Ladybird and other people across the US that we do trades with, so make sure you always got some of those locally grown and harvested herbs, um, if nothing else, at least for personally for our family. Um But if there's stuff you can't grow there's no harm in ordering it from a reputable source or trading with somebody else. Um, And like I said, you know, once I've been kind of learning which ones really help me and my family um, kind of focus on those and um, producing those myself. Um, All right, back to the notes. Let's see, what do we have? Okay, so um, here are some of the benefits of taking ashwagandha. Um, It is immune boosting. It helps with mental clarity and focus excuse me, it may help to lower blood sugar. It improves sleep quality, which improves function during the day, maintaining energy levels, um, which improves your strength and vitality. Um, So like I said, by helping your body get a good night's sleep, you have more energy during the day to live your best life. um, And I think a lot of people kind of just disregard sleep as um or you know, the importance of getting a healthy night's sleep. Because um, that's when our body do does a lot of the healing um, work and repairing damaged cells. And, you know, your brain is, uh, you know, you want to get that good REM sleep to help your body st- or your brain stay healthy. Um, so getting that good sleep is very important. And um, I definitely did a lot of damage to my sleep cycle, you know, as an addict and being on, you know, prescription medications for so long that definitely sleep is something that I struggled with. Um, And I do feel like that ashwagandha was something that helped. Um, It supports the reproductive system in men and women. Um, Some say it's an aphrodisiac um, and increases sex drive. Um, In men, it Well, in in women, too, um, boosts testosterone, um, but in men, it increases sperm count and motility. And, uh, well, the internet says that there isn't enough evidence to support it, but it is said to improve um, erectile dysfunction. Um, So, yeah, it's definitely one that can play a role if you have hormone imbalance. Um, I want to say that it does increase progesterone as well. Um, and as someone with, uh, hormone imbalances, um, I should not have been surprised by the results, um, that I was getting and that I was having, um, like I said, positive results from taking the ashwagandha. Uh, it supports healthy muscles and joints. Um, it is said to help, um, grow muscle mass, um. It promotes thyroid health. I will say there, though, that um, other research that I've read has said that people with thyroid conditions maybe shouldn't take ashwagandha. Um, and so I'll just say this. in With all of this, if you have, you know, a primary care, it's always good, or even if you don't have a primary care, just you do your own research. Because the internet is full of conflicting information, and not everybody's situation is the same. There's a lot of different thyroid conditions, and just to say that it's good or bad, I don't think is enough information for somebody on a personal level if they are dealing with some of these issues. Um, Again, I will say just always, always, always do your own research, and that goes for even more so for regular Western allopathic medication, um, you know, it's really, I know we've said it before, but, you know, it's very important you want to do all your own research because you just can't trust doctors or health practitioners or really anybody else to care about your health and well-being as much as you should, And I know I've definitely, you know, learned that the hard way other times. So it's always good to remember to take my own advice. Um, Okay, it rejuvenates wore-out adrenals. Um, And that goes back to, like, you know what I was saying before about just constantly being in that fight-or-flight mode um, really takes a toll on them. Um, So ashwagandha is soothing and is good for adrenal fatigue. Um, uh, And I will say that a lot of this has actually been studied on humans. It sounds like it maybe isn't necessarily, you know, the case for a lot of herbal medicine. Um, But there is a lot of research studies to back a lot of this information up. Um, In one of the ones that is just on uh, one of the animal lab studies, Um, found that ashwagandha may have promise with some anti-cancer properties. Um, Oh, and one of the trials with people, um, it said that it does lower total and bad cholesterol um, and is just generally good for uh, your heart and cardiovascular health, um, strengthens that system. Ashwagandha is a warming herb and... I don't remember which episode it was that we talked about this. Maybe I think it was the upset stomach episode. We kind of touched on it briefly. um, That herbs can either have a warming or a cooling energy. Um, You know, like uh, like peppermint can have both a cooling and a warming one, for example. Because, you know, the has the cooling properties, but the menthol can also be hot in some people. And this is only important, say, people who have hot energies maybe want to be a little bit more wary of herbal remedies that have um, warming properties and should maybe consider ones that have cooling properties. Um, But you can add cooling herbs uh, in like a blend to balance some of those properties out. So you're still getting the Um, you know, the medicinal benefits of the ashwagandha, and then add some supporting herbs. Um, uh, The internet recommended Shadavari. Um, And I did mention that there are a whole bunch of adaptogen uh, adaptogen herbs, Um, and so a few other ones that you might be interested to know. Um, Like I said, the ginseng also, and the Shadavari, um, as I already mentioned. Um, Tulsi are also called holy basil is another adaptogen, and I really like that one, too. I think it has, like, a... I start, that one's also one that grows in, kind of, tropical climates, so it's one that I've been able to grow here, too, and it has almost, like, a bubblegum kind of smell. I like it. Um And before I started growing it, when, again, also in the beginning of my herbal journey, um, I was really, kind of, getting into herbal teas, um, I'm constantly on a search to replace sugary sodas in my diet and I've gotten a lot better, but, uh, I hate to submit, but I love a Mountain Dew from time to time and, uh, you know, a good carbonated soda. So, um, you know, the ginger bug and tapache and water kefir have been a good replacement, um. And I kind of fell out of drinking some of the herbal teas, but they're very nice. They can be very nice with some honey, some sweetness, and get some of the good tasting herbs in there. Um, Herbal tea can be a great way to, you know, begin your journey into learning about herbs. Um, But there was a blend at the grocery store here in Publix. It was um, Tulsi and Ashwagandha, and it's actually one of my favorite um, tea blends and I do still drink it, and I am excited to be able to make that tea blend from herbs that I grew myself. Um, I know, like, I don't know, it's kind of like woo-woo or hippie-ish or whatever, but I don't know, I really feel like the universe does kind of just provide the herbs that we need in our lives. and I think that Resonance was talking about that in her Asnia episode with the, um, you know, not, or maybe, no, it was the cold and flu remedy one, one we did where she was talking about how she had the daikon radish and her family was sick. And if she'd only just looked up the medicinal properties of the daikon radish, she would have learned that that was exactly what her family might have needed um, in that time, um, and I had kind of mentioned and I'll mention again you know there are a lot of herbs that are very common and well known um, but there's also a lot of less lesser common known herbs in every locale you know so m- the herbs in my backyard are going to be different from the herbs in residences backyard which are all going to be different from the herbs somebody in Arizona or the Pacific Northwest may find but um, and so, while those herbs might not be as well known nationally, nationally all plants typically have some kind of benefit. Um, and so, it's always really good to learn what's in your backyard um, if you're looking for a specific, um, you know, remedy. I found out that I have an antidiarrheal um, growing in my backyard just the other day. Um, okay, so yeah, so that was Tulsi. Um, astragalus root is an adaptogen, licorice root, rhodiola, um, schisandra berries, turmeric, goji berry, um, and a lot of medicinal mushrooms are adaptogens like uh, cordyceps, reishi, and lion's mane. Um, and I found this kind of interesting or have been finding it interesting as I've been, you know, learning more and realizing that there are a lot of other adaptogen herbs out there. Um, Because when I found out how they work, I don't know, I just thought it was really interesting. And and because um, uh, what adaptogens kind of treat generally is the kind of um, support that I'm looking for in my life, maybe not necessarily ashwagandha, um, but I didn't really necessarily realize it right away, but some of the herbs on these lists are ones that, I don't know, I was just kind of, like, drawn to, um, like the turmeric and the licorice root, um, the lion's mane mushroom. Um, and so, um, yeah, I know, like I said, it, that was just interesting to me. Um, and I will say here that with adaptogens, it's, Um, a good idea to take a break every now and then to make sure that they stay effective because they could lose their efficacy, excuse me, over time. So what you can do is like with the ashwagandha, like I typically take it on weekdays and then take off on weekends, because that's just what I remember to do. But you could also take it for three weeks, off for one week, you know, really anything that works in your schedule. Um, Or you can just kind of switch between the different adaptogens. So maybe, you know, one month, you know, six weeks to two months, maybe you'll take ashwagandha and then maybe the next, you know, month or two, you'll try, um, lion's mane. Um, those are two that I switch up, uh, often, but it's, if you are taking one of these herbs and maybe starting to realize that it's not quite as effective, um, switch it up, switch it up or take a break and it's, sh- your body should adjust and, uh, you can, you know, just kind of keep going. Um... Let's see, what else do I have in my notes here? Alright, in rats and Mice, it said that um, ashwagandha seemed to stop the rise in lipid peroxidation. Um, And I wish Resonance was here because maybe she'd be able to explain a little better, so I'm just gonna read you my notes on this. It says that um, Okay, so it arise in lipid peroxidation caused by bacteria induced stress. Um, and lipid peroxidation is the process by which oxidative stress can eventually cause cell damage within blood cells. Um, and it also helps to prevent uh, stress related gastric ulcers prevents weight gain due to chronic stress of the adrenal glands and help to stabilize cortisol levels. Um, And cortisol levels are typically high in um, people, again, these overly stressed, overly worked people who aren't getting good sleep, that are always experiencing the fight-or-flight response um, too often or too long. Um, these are the kind of people that will definitely benefit the most from taking ashwagandha. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you're getting gastric ulcers, I mean, you, you know, you're stressed and probably time for some other lifestyle changes as well. Um, cause you know, I mean, all of these herbal remedies, you know, you know, still only do so much, and like I said, I'm not perfect. I know I definitely have a lot of room to work on my diet, and um, I did actually just go through some schedule changes, which will hopefully allow me to kind of take control of some of those other areas in my life that need some attention, um, take back control of them. Um, So there's, you know, can always, there's always room for improvement. Um, but if you're eating, you know, McDonald's or fast food every day for lunch or breakfast or dining out at restaurants, you know, all the time, or even just all the super hyper processed foods, you know, in the grocery store, I mean, that's not food, that's garbage. So, I mean, you got to help your body out, um, you know, by, uh, just, uh, treating it a little better and, like I said, I I definitely treated my body like crap for years. I mean, like, over a decade, I did some damage to my body. So, even in the beginning, when I was even just showing my body a little bit of love, it was going a long way. And, um, if I can pull myself out of some of these, like, atrocious health problems and neglect to your body, I think that, that a lot of people can. And, you know, that's a big reason why we started doing this podcast is just to kind of, um, you know, motivate people through our stories and our strifes to, um, you know, get the help that you need and whatever help that may be, whether physical, um, or mental, um, herbs can provide a lot of help in both of these areas. Um... So uh, ashwagandha is typically considered very safe. Um, I don't think it has any interactions. The internet may try to tell you otherwise. Um, But if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, I would say maybe um, find a different adaptogen if this is something that you're interested in. Um, And, uh, yeah, so I make a tincture, uh, with the ashwagandha root, um, and really nothing special about that process. If you'd like to know more about making tinctures and that process, you can check out our episode. I want to say it's episode number 17 on, uh, let's make some tinctures. Um, I will say that it is the root that you're using. So, um, higher proof alcohol, would be a better choice. Um, again, I typically use a hundred proof for the majority of mine uh, majority of my tinctures, um, but you can use it in tea or powder or capsule form. I think it's pretty common to find it um, like on the internet in powder or capsule form. Um, I've seen people use it in like cooking recipes, the, the, the ashwagandha powder and cooking recipes. And a lot of the recipes are ones that maybe have like chocolate or mocha or coffee or peanut butter, um, or those kind of flavors. So I haven't really done any cooking with it, but I guess if you want to put it in a smoothie or your drink or something that maybe those are the kind of flavors that would, mask that horse smell that, uh, people describe. (laughs) Um, I don't know, maybe I'll try playing around with that. Um, but it is, uh, it is versatile in that way. So with that said, I think I covered, um, all the important things to note about ashwagandha. Um, and I hope that uh, if you're under a lot of stress, you might consider, um, looking to find some, uh, some ashwagandha to take in your life. Um... Yeah, so I will also say uh, check out Agris Acres, my hubby site, if you want to do any planting um, of your own. Um, We are constantly looking to add new items to the site, and I am definitely, um, will be influencing Dagaris to start listing some of these more medicinal herbs. Um, but feel free to reach out to us and we can uh, get something specific if you're looking for something to specific um, because that pushes us to get those site um, items added to our site and we want to be able to provide what uh, people want. Um, so yeah, let us know what that is. Um, but that's at Um I'll post it on Twitter or Discord or something because we do have a, a promo code for Agrisacers but I can't think of what it is on the top of my head um, otherwise I can just edit it in here at the end but I hope I didn't babble too much and I'm going to toot my own horn for making it through this episode by myself without too much stuttering so, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Keep making shit. Oh, oh, and you can follow me on Twitter at e or E underscore You can follow Resonance at Mother of Chaos, that's X-A-O-S, and you can follow the show at Let's Make Some S-H-H. Alright, bye guys.